0: he has his say, you can have yours. Text us or call us and join the conversation. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Brought to you by WVU Medicine.
1: But you got to have friends.
2: Good friend. Welcome to the show. Glad you are here with us. Remember, if you get stuck in traffic and you're starting to feel your steam come out of your ears like all of us did yesterday at the standstill stops on 70 and 470 uh, heading up Two Mile Hill, remember, think think of your friends. Think of your friends. Think of your friends, your neighbor, your family. You can even think of Bob and I. No, don't do that because you'll think you'll you'll be reminded how angry Bob got waving his finger around and Jerry did. And uh, I was at least smart enough to get home and stay home, and not get stuck in that traffic. But uh, we'll keep you, if, if any traffic begins to back up uh, today, I'm going to try and, try and keep an earlier alert on that than we did yesterday. It's 8, 10, 10 minutes after the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show, 68 degrees, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport, 69 at the Highlands, 68 in Elm Grove and 69 here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. Uh, Looking for a mostly cloudy day today. Uh, Some morning showers will stop but still going to be cloudy all day up to around 77 during the day tonight. Some drizzle and fog are outside right now. Um, Let me do a little what I sometimes call housekeeping. A couple things I want to remind you about. Uh, First of all, do keep in mind, we kind of mentioned this last hour, If you're listening to the Watchdog Radio Network throughout the week with uh, occasional exceptions, and that's only when somebody doesn't show up, (laughs) Um, uh, we're live and local all day long. And so if there is a traffic problem uh, or if there are other troubles out there in the Ohio Valley going on at the time you need to know about, Number 1 if you're in the midst of it call us and tell us and we'll try and so we know about it and number 2 we'll uh, put you on the air or not put you on the air we'll put the information on the air that's what helped Bob yesterday the Pine Room guys heard about the traffic tie-ups and uh, reported them on the radio and then um, and then Bob got the information and others did many of the rest of you did too so you learned about it so if you're out and about remember we are the only station that's live and local all day long all day long all day long so uh, pick up the phone, give us a call, and tell us if you see something. You know they say, see something, say something. See something, say something to us, particularly in terms of traffic and uh, all of that sort of stuff. Um, housekeeping. Uh, I am putting up our uh, podcasts every day. I'm doing them right as they occur. For example, I just posted last hour's sh- hour On our podcast page already, go to watchdognetwork.com and you can uh, listen to the last hour. Don't do it now because you listen to this hour but it's up there. So every day, hour number one, hour number two, hour number three, hour by hour, up on our podcast page. I've now got it down, I think, to a science where I can do it every day and quickly. Uh, And then we'll tell you, if you go to my Facebook page, I tell you what is in each hour. You can find the things you need. And finally, uh, on housekeeping, yesterday, or last hour, I should say, we talked about uh, Football Friday coming up beginning this week, the OVAC game Kicks us off our first play-by-play game uh, with Martins Ferry and Shadyside. And prior to that, Bob, we're going to have uh, the Pine Room guys kicking off a whole season's worth of Gumby's broadcasts.
3: Every Friday, football Friday. Uh, mainly, it would be the one in Elm Grove and the one – uh, well, there's two in Marshall County, you know, right there in Moundsville. But it's the uh, one right there uh, – jeez, I don't know what that road's called. Howard. It's the stadium, right? It's close to the stadium, but it's uh, right there uh, – jeez. You'll find it. Uh, you'll find it. It's, it's uh, the, the Gumbies, You'll find the Pine Room boys. We'll be down there. I know the second week, that's when uh, JM, they open up uh, this week. And then next week, you'll find the guys out at the Gumbies in Elm Grove. So, make sure you stop in and say hello. Lots of discounts. Lots of stuff going on every football Friday at Gumby's with the Pine Room boys.
2: They'd be happy to see you. Now, as a result of that, and this is the main thing I wanted to get to before I go to Tom, uh, as a result of the Pine Room guys now taking over the Friday afternoon uh, show in order to be connected with the games and the the, the weekend sporting activities, uh, Donnie Gilbert's radio show, normally Friday, now moves to Thursdays. The Donnie Gilbert radio show will now be on Thursdays from noon to three. This week, Reverend Darrell Cummings will be in to talk about his uh, uh, adopt-a-student program. Uh, Then uh, Mark Cesar is up, uh, the JM head coach, talking about this year's Monarch football team. That'll be good. Um, And then uh, several people will be in talking about the Frank Gilbert uh, fundraiser. And, Bob, I know you were talking to Donnie a bit about this yesterday. Uh, Donnie's brother, Frank, took a serious fall and— was in a coma for a long time I'm not sure where he stands with that now there was a period of time quite frankly we weren't sh- sure he was going to make it but he has a long recovery ahead of him and they're doing a fundraiser for it at St. Jude's Park I know you know a bit more about that
3: Frank was hurt really bad he fell about 20 feet uh, thank goodness uh, his co-worker quick thinker uh, saved Frank's life right there uh, on the spot uh, Frank uh, heart stopped And uh, this guy performed CPR and brought Frank back. But that was just the beginning. I mean, he had surgery, was in a coma. Frank was hurt bad, really, really bad. But he is on the mend, and like Howard said, they're having that fundraiser. Between uh, now and then, we'll have Donnie on with us in the morning to uh, explain what they're going to do. It's going to be at St. Jude Park, and uh, uh, Frank is hurt really bad, and they're going to try to raise money and, and help him out.
2: It's August 27th, and uh, again, uh, we'll have Donnie on this show to talk about it, and we'll promote it a good bit. And also, Donnie will be talking about it uh, on the fr- on the Thursday, and now, now on Thursdays, the Donnie Gilbert Radio Show. All right, 815, so that's my housekeeping of the day. Good job, Howard. 815 here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Well, let's see. I don't know, is there any political news? Uh... Oh yeah, Trump's been indicted for the fourth time. Tom Skateri and I will talk about it next. Need a new suit? Looking for a good book? Searching for a unique gift? The Ohio Valley's premier shopping choice is the Highlands. Find jewelry, hot new tech, arts and crafts, over two dozen stores to visit. From Walmart and Target to Cabela's, Menards, Kohl's, and Old Navy. Plan a day out of shopping, dining, and entertainment at the Highlands. At the top of the hill off I-70. See it all online at hitthehighlands.com.
4: You took the first step and quit smoking, but even former smokers may still be at risk for lung cancer. That's why Savebythescan.org wants you to know about a new low-dose CT scan that can detect lung cancer early. It takes only 60 seconds and could save your life. You took the first step, now take the next. Visit savebythescan.org for a simple quiz to see if you're eligible and talk to your doctor about screening. SaveByTheScan.org is brought to you by the American Lung Association's Lung Force Initiative and the Ad Council.
0: The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer.
5: So stop in and check out Toyota's wide range of all-wheel and four-wheel drive vehicles, like a sporty Camry or a stylish Corolla, both with great MPGs.
0: Or test drive a new RAV4, Highlander, or Corolla Cross, each with plenty of cargo room. And be ready for any summer adventure. Visit buy at Toyota.com, the official website for deals. Hurry. Offers end September 5th. Toyota, let's go places. Everyone appreciates the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Even Governor Justice.
4: Howard, yeah, you're a good man, and I
0: appreciate all you do every day. Thank you, sir. Weekdays, 7 to 10 a.m. on the Watchdog. Broadcasting from the Ohio Valley, talking about the Ohio Valley. We're live and local. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe, brought to you by WVU Medicine.
2: Our morning show. Uh, the theme of bumper music on the day today is uh, rainbows. I saw a beautiful rainbow last week. I posted it on my social media. It was um, perhaps the most intensely colored rainbow I ever saw. Huge rainbow covered the whole sky. You saw one yesterday.
3: I did. And when you see something like that, it's it's beautiful. And you think sometimes nature. Just really, really gets it right. And I was feeling really good. And then I got on Interstate 70, Howard, and all hell broke loose. So the rainbow feeling didn't last long, so I'm hoping it lasts longer today. Did we get a text, somebody saying what a dumbass I am? Well, not
2: exactly. They didn't f- quite phrase it that way.
3: Um, the
2: uh, the Gumbies in Marshall County, where the uh, Pine Room guys will be most of the time, uh, will be um, – and, Bob, this is very clever – uh, it will be near Walmart, and therefore yes. it will be on, well, you know, um, Walmart
3: Drive. Yes, yes. So yeah. thanks, Howard, for not rubbing it in, but I am a dumbass. Right there by Walmart, Walmart Drive. That's the Gumbies we'll be talking about. Not this Friday, not the Friday after that, but the third Friday when John Marshall kicks their season off.
2: And this Friday, uh, again, the Pine Room guys will be at Gumby's in Elm Grove. Uh, 819. Well, Tom Skateri has been hanging around, waiting and waiting to talk to me this morning. And I kept him waiting longer than I should. But, Tom, good morning. Welcome to the show. Hey. So let me ask, anything going on? A little bit
6: here, a little bit there. You know, kind of a (laughs) slow morning. (laughs) Second cup of coffee will get something going, maybe.
2: (laughs) You know, I had to wait till the very tail end of the night last night, right before I went to sleep, before I could actually post on my Facebook page my outline for today because we knew uh, early in the evening that the Georgia grand jury had handed up indictments but whether or not Trump was among them did not become revealed till very very late at night i mean pushing close yeah. to midnight i think yeah
6: yeah it was pretty late but boy this is a this is a you know we had talked about the progression of of uh, cases against former president trump and we talked about how the georgia one was going to be a biggie and boy it sure is i mean 18 and people and there's a bunch about thirty unindicted co-conspirators. I mean, this is a, a big case, and, and stating the obvious, you know, the irony of it all—they're using RICO, which is against organized crime, which of course was first used to successfully by a U.S. attorney in New York by the name of Rudy Giuliani years ago. <laughs> yes. you know, he he was a guy who made RICO work. No, seriously, you know, he used oh, that great yeah, effect no. from the, from the mob, and so now here he is, one of the people indicted in this. And RICO charge and organized crime thing, and you know it's funny to me, Howard. Funny being not hilarious, knee slapping, but you know ironic perhaps is a better word. You and I uh, have talked about you know Trump for a couple years now, and and you know a lot of people have said over the years that well, he ran it like an organized crime operation as the president. You know his family, his, his family people. is very much his like family. a crime
2: family. Yeah, exactly.
6: Exactly, yeah. And so it, there, there's a certain amount of irony that that in this case, uh, RICO is being used to indict him. Um, you know, it's going to see, it's, and I have a feeling that this case is going to move forward relatively quickly. That it could even come to trial before next year's election, which you know is important for all obvious reasons.
2: The uh, there's a there's something. Well, first place, you mentioned progression. There has been a real progression to these all of the cases against Trump. The the um, of course we could throw in the Eugene Carroll case, which was a, a sure. civil case. So that was the first time he was convicted. if That's the word he used, or found he lost that case. Yep, that's the first one. Uh, the New York case brought by um, Bragg, I think it was, is the hush money case connected with uh, with Stormy Daniels. And I've said all yep. along that's a really that's a technical case. You know, you got to look at yeah. the technicality of the law. But it was nonetheless the one that really first broke the barrier of indicting criminally a former president. Then you go down yeah. to Mar-a-Lago, which mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, hiding documents and not and taking documents not allowed to take, which is what raises the level a little bit more. And then the two mm-hmm. most recent ones, the, the DC case brought by Jack Smith, and now this one go to directly the issue of overturning the election. And mm-hmm. and Tom, what's important about this case in Georgia is this is a state case. Yeah, yeah,
6: yeah. He has to. There's a board in, that runs this. And it's outside, the, at least a, technically, it's outside the reach of the federal government. That means if Trump would be elected president again, or any of other Republicans, or anyone else who is favorably inclined to help him, um, they can not immediately, you know, cut off the funding or interfere with it. Immediately Now, there's probably other ways they could try to manipulate it. But given the history of what George has been doing, the way the governor and the secretary of state, both Republicans, stood up to Trump during the election when he was still president, you know, my bet would be on that the case would go forward even if he is elected president again.
2: Key piece of evidence likely in this case will be what Trump just a week or so ago called a perfect phone call. The call he made to the Secretary of State, which was recorded, so it's not like Mm -hmm. he can dodge it or say somebody's lying about it. We've got the tape with him talking about it, saying to the Secretary of State, hey, was it Secretary of State? Yeah, I guess it was. Yeah, Uh, Secretary of State. uh, I need you to find me 11,780 votes. Why that number? Mm -hmm. Because at that moment in time, Trump was losing by 11,789 votes. So he said, I need you to find me 11,780 votes. Um, I don't think he meant go look on the floor. I think he meant how can we yeah. how can we manufacture yeah. this? Yeah,
6: I mean you could. He could. His supporters will say you know that it's being misinterpreted, et cetera, But you know that doesn't pass the normal sniff test of uh, well, you know at,
2: what I'm saying. At some point, and I will just set aside all of the the cult like supporters that he has. I mean nothing will ever change them. I think no. you and I, you and I talked last week or a couple weeks ago about it. I think it was a New York Times poll that came out that the supporters, not only do they not care, they don't even think he did anything wrong. So it, it is what it is, that 30-some percent, that, it, it is what it is. But to everybody else, we're now looking at four separate grand juries in four separate locations have criminally indicted him. Uh, grand juries are made up of citizens, not of, of, of uh, Democrat prosecutors. They may be Democrat prosecutors that brought the cases, but the grand jury is made up of citizens. And if my understanding is correct, I, the number of ju- grand jurors can vary, but you have to have at least 12 in any grand jury for conviction. So at least, the best of our knowledge, at least 48 citizens, citizens, not prosecutors, have said there's enough going on here for Trump to come to trial. Uh, right. At some point, the, does not the, the, the weight of the accumulated indictments begin to make an effect on people?
6: Well, It, it will affect some, absolutely. And I, and I think what we can't judge, or like, excuse me, let me rephrase that. What I cannot gauge is the impact it's having on sort of the Mitch McConnells of the world, you know, who are Republicans still. And they do worry about the future of their party, even though they don't do it publicly necessarily. You know, and the whole thing about the nomination—who's going to get the nomination and lead the party? This, at some point, may have a a, may have a weigh-in factor if if Trump does not have a clean shot at the nomination. You know that's that, and they have to rally behind somebody else. I may I may have said this uh, uh, last week on the show, Howard. You know, but uh, you know, but it's worth repeating. uh, After the Jack Smith. Uh, indictments, for lack of better phrasing, here in D.C. You know, everyone's saying, "Well, you know, D.C. is a Democratic city, ninety percent whatever, but the Democrats." Blah blah blah. That's all true. But I remember back uh, when John Conley, who was then a Republican, he was Secretary of the Treasury, I think, under President Nixon. He was a Republican. He was indicted for some scandal, and here in D.C., and was acquitted. Mm-hmm. You know, it was—I think it was a jury of almost all, if not all, almost all African Americans. And, you know, he said, nope, I'm going to go to trial in D.C. This is where, you know, I've been charged. I'm going to go there and I'm going to win. And he did, you know, and he, and he used that then later as testimony. He said, listen, I went to trial, I stood trial in the District of Columbia, an overwhelmingly Democrat. You know, he made the point that it was overwhelmingly Democrat, that he got a trial, and fair trial, and he was acquitted because he felt, and he, in the court agreed, that he was not guilty. So point being that, you know, as you pointed out, Howard, these are citizens who happen to be Maybe registered Republicans, maybe registered Democrats, maybe independents, who made this decision. Just like now, it's up to the judge, you know, during the voir dire jurors, and you have the you know attorneys from both sides. You could, in the district of Columbia, having gone to jury duty here, I know what it's like. You know, they could challenge the, um, you know, the, the cred- credibility of a potential juror, and you know, so that people forget about that too. It's not like we're gonna, someone's gonna pick, you know. Twelve anti. Yeah. You,
2: and well, uh, and it's not like you just walk out of Kroger's and say, um, "You twelve. You guys are on the jury." There is right. A, right. A, 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 and there will. Pro- this will probably be the most intensive voir dire process ever oh, in this country. Yeah. Uh, you yeah, know, exactly. sifting through these these uh, potential jurors to find the right ones. The only comment I'll make on what you said, and I, you are correct, is that we've never. I have always believed that you can find a fair jury if you work hard enough. All right. That if you can look into people's biases and get them off, and you can strike the jurors that don't, that seem to have, you know, a a bias before we get there, I think most people can be fair and open. Donald Trump has built such a cult like following with the wrong person. Now, I'm not saying you can't get Republicans on the jury. I don't have a problem with that. But you can't have cult members of the Trump cult on the jury. And that's going to be the hard thing for. Uh, f- for the judges yeah. and the prosecutors and to, to weed out uh, when it comes to trial.
6: Yeah, and I ha- I'm i going to admit up front, I don't know the legality of all these, whether it has to be unanimous vote, you know, or how that works on uh, a conviction as well. So that That's all stuff that we'll, we'll learn down the road. People know that already, I'm sure, but, um, you, you know, that's, that's all. But, but you're right. The voir dire will probably take longer than the trial.
2: <laughs> yeah, and that's not a joke. Yeah, because uh, no, no, it's going to be. There will never be a voir dire like this. Voir dire, for those who don't know, is the the investigation into the jurors when they ask, "Do you have any prejudice? Do you know the pr- prosecutor? Do you know the defendant?" So on and so forth. And then the the judge can strike any juror for cause. No, you mm-hmm. you clearly have shown a bias. We're going to let you go. Uh, and then each of the uh, prosecutor and defense have X number of, of uh, what do they call them, well, they can strike X number of jurors. Yeah. So yeah. But it, I don't think we'll ever, we've ever seen a voir dire process that will be as intense as, as this one will be. Uh, maybe one of the next questions uh, in this, all of these, is going to be the timing of these things. When will the cases yeah. go to trial? Uh, you know, we're, we're swirling around an election season. Do we do it – will they get done before the election, Uh, before the primaries? I don't know. I see uh, recently four – not four, a dozen former Republican legal officials, uh, judges and high-ranking legal officials in the Republican Party endorsed a trial date of um, January second, 2024, next year, which is Mm -hmm. proposed, uh, proposed by Jack Smith which is a, moving up pretty quickly, but at least yeah. it'll, it'll keep everything out of the primary.
6: Yeah, yeah, that would actually be good. I mean, the sooner this gets going, really, the better. I understand Trump people may want to want to have it, you know, um, but uh, this is good to get it over with before the primary. That way there's no issues of travel. There's no issues of, you know, um, you're doing it so I don't win in the primary, that type of thing. And plus you want to get it going.
2: Yeah, well, that's, yeah, you don't, you know, I mean, a lot of folks have felt this has dragged out too long. These cases have dragged out too long. But uh, in all of the cases, the prosecutors say they have been spending several years meticulously mm-hmm. gathering evidence before bringing it before a grand jury, which is what you what you want a prosecutor um to do i know that there are some who are going to text me and call me and say well you know it's all rigged it's biden's justice department and so on although keep in mind the georgia grand jury is not a biden grand jury it's uh it's strictly the state of georgia so that's that puts it in a different category as well it's gonna it's gonna be really um It's going to be really, really interesting. Tom, real quick, on one more thing on Trump, and I want to get Mm -hmm. to one international story at least. On Trump, um, is he going to be held accountable? He's still blathering along, even after the warning he got from the judge this past week about not talking about the case and not Mm -hmm. intimidating witnesses, and he still continues to offer comments on Truth Social that, to me, violate that order. Is anything going to happen to him?
6: My hunch is the, the judge is going to let this go on and just c- compile the information. And at some point, uh, it'll come to call.
2: You know, because I think we talked last week, what do you do in a normal case like this? If you have issued an order and said, do not discuss the evidence, <laughs> do not intimidate or mention the judges or the potential jurors or the witnesses and so on. And if an order has come out to do that and you violate it, you could easily find yourself, mm-hmm. A, in contempt, pay a big fine. And a normal citizen could even find themselves in jail for a period of time. Yeah, you, yeah. Do you do that to Donald Trump? You could. I think you can give him a fine. You can give him a fine, probably. Yeah. I don't think you're going to put him in jail uh,
6: for for that. And you know whether he deserves to or not, that uh, those can decide. But that doesn't really accomplish much. You give him a fine. He probably won't pay it. And but you know you do what you have to do. And it just if you again, I think at this point the process it's the judge that it does. It's not a prosecutor. But you look at the big picture, okay? Uh, and what's the end game here? What's, how does this have to play out for the best for the country, as well as, as giving foreign President Trump a fair trial, as well as being fair to those taxpayers who brought him to trial. That's the rest of us, you know. So I mean, he's gonna do what he has to he's gonna do what he always does anyway. And at some point, I think that he'll be surprised. And That's my guess. That's yeah. a
2: guess, Tom. I want to hit one of our international stories here this morning, and that is uh, Tommy Tuberville is continuing yep. his hold on senior military officials, and the top echelon of our our of our uh, service units is to continue to operate without without leadership.
6: This is the first time in U.S. history, sorry, Department of Defense history, that three services three services are are without excuse me, Howard, a Senate-confirmed chief, the Army, the Air Force, and the Navy. I'm sorry, the Army, the Marines, and the Navy now do not have confirmed heads uh, since yesterday when the Navy um, chief stepped down. So they have acting leaders, of course, and, and, of course, they're dual-hatted. These are the deputies and the people nominated. So when you walk into the river entrance of the Pentagon, that's the entrance where official visitors arrive, and the entrance I use and most other people use uh, who working outside the Pentagon there's pictures of the entire Joint Chiefs of Staff. Now, three photos are blank. Now, this fall, I think at the end of September, General Milley, who's the chair of the Joint Chiefs, he's retiring, and of course, there's a nominee to replace him, who's going to run into the same problem. You know, uh, Tuberville, I'm going to point this out, because Tuberville is a senator from Alabama. He doesn't live in Alabama. The Washington Post went, he doesn't own any property in Alabama. He lives in Florida. So, I mean, you know, the idea that you know, according that's a, this is a constitutional thing actually because you have to live in the state you're a senator, right? You know, and so I mean, there's all this stuff about him and the Republicans. It just kind of goes back to the party's dilemma. You know, they aren't doing anything about it. And McConnell, <coughs> the Democrats are saying you guys got to do something because we can't do these one by one. And Tuberville has been offered a chance to have a vote on his issue. He refuses. What he wants to do is have the Pentagon rescind their policy of permitting. Military personnel that travels to a state to get health care services. This is not just about abortion. It's other reproductive services and other kind of health services that are not available in a state where they reside, uh, where they're based, excuse me. And they want the Pentagon to rescind that and then re-vote on it in the Senate, which, of course, won't pass because the House is Republicans and they won't vote for it. And you have to have 60 votes in the Senate to pass something like this. So it's complicated. He doesn't want to compromise, Howard.
2: No, he does not, and he, and I, I think he's really. Enjo- I, I don't know him. I don't even know a lot of his background, but I suspect he he you, enjoys you being be the, happy about that. Enjoys being the center of attention on this, Tom. Uh, all right, I got to run. Good talking to you. Okay. Uh, we'll catch up again next week. Thanks a lot. Are uh, You okay? Yep. I heard you coughing there a little bit. You feeling all right?
6: No, I just I just a dry throat. Nothing, I'm great. Thanks oh, okay. a lot just, for
2: your concern. Just, all good. Yep. Just worried about you there. All right, pal. Appreciate it. We'll talk <laughs> to you next week. Thanks a lot. Uh, thanks. Yep. Bye bye. Well, you know, Bob, when I start hearing people coughing like that, <laughs> on the other hand, I almost died this morning coughing. So I guess, you know, you never Maybe know. Maybe it's just
3: going around, Howard. I, I, I heard that in uh, in Tom's voice, too. Um, but uh, he rebounded just like you did, Howard.
2: 836-24 till the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. There is a new head of the West Virginians for Affordable Health Care. Um, and we'll talk to her coming up in the next half hour a little bit about some of the key issues facing West Virginians for, well, <laughs> affordable health care. It's coming up, but first, here's Taylor with headlines.
4: Good Tuesday morning, everyone. I'm Taylor Long with your 7 News headlines on this August the 15th. Continuing coverage on a water main break that left many in Martins Ferry without water for much of Sunday evening and throughout some of yesterday. The break occurred on a 20-inch main water line near the Old Wheeling Steel Plant on North 1st Street in Martins Ferry. Water service was lost to just about all the residents in the city. Crews worked through Sunday night into Monday repairing that line. A 48 hour boil order for the city has been put in place as officials say that the line has been repaired, but water supply has been restored and crews are still working on recharging many of the lines within the city. Now, if residents need water for drinking or cooking, they can bring their own containers to the ladder station on South 4th Street across from Unified Bank in Martins Ferry. the west virginia fire marshal's office and several other agencies reportedly came to ohio county to investigate sunday night's fire and explosion at a southwest energy well pad in the warwood area the explosion in a so-called gas buster frac tank rattled windows for several blocks from the site at 1828 cherry hill road just before 11 p.m 27 workers were on site two of whom were seriously injured we have learned one was immediately flown to a Pittsburgh burn center. The second was treated locally, then also flown to a Pittsburgh hospital. Lou Vargo says there were three lines going into the tank and they were immediately shut down as well as the pad itself. Although the drilling rig was not affected, he says the operation will be down for several days during the investigation. And down in Wetzel County, community members once again packed the Wetzel County Board of Education meeting last night to reiterate their support for their local high school. Recently, there have been talks about the possibility of Payton City High School being consolidated and merged with Magnolia. Many Payton City residents do not want to see this happen and argued against it. No actions were taken last night. Stay with 7 News as we continue to follow the issue. That was a look at your headlines. Have a terrific Tuesday. I'm Taylor Long, working for you.
5: How much could a cyber attack cost your business? The costs stemming from a cyber attack can vary tremendously, but are extremely significant. Recent studies have shown that the average cost of a data breach to small business can range from $120,000 to $1.2 million. In addition to financial loss, companies also suffer downtime, lost opportunities, and data recovery expenses that can all quickly add up. the only cybersecurity and advisory firm that the watchdog trusts are you concerned about losing your home or automobile if you file for bankruptcy protection find out if you would lose any property by calling tom mcintyre at 304-232-8600 or have a free chat conference with his office online at mcintyrelaw.com tom has helped thousands of people in our area he can answer these questions for you Call 304-232-8600 or check him out online and have a free chat conference. Barstool Rough and Rowdy Brawl returns to Wheeling's Westbaco Arena, August 18th. Featuring up to 20 fights, including several five-round fights. Bobby Lights Out Lane, Michael Make It Happen Brown, Hot Wheels, Dwarf Champion Lightning, Jeremy Smith, the American Redneck, the Polish Hammer, Strawberry Cowboy, and more. It's Barstool's Rough and Rowdy Brawl, August 18th at Wheeling's Westbaco Arena. Welcomed by Bush Light, the Wheeling, Ohio County CBB, and Jill's Gentleman's Club, Fighters, and Ring Girls. Sign up and join rnr.com. Buy tickets at WestbancoArena.com
0: Information, interviews, debates, and discussion, plus an occasional rant with Bob Slider behind the board. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. I don't worry
1: whenever skies are gray. Above. Got a pocket full of
0: rainbows.
2: Got a heart full of love. Is that awesome? That's the king. That's the king. All right. Um, The theme of bumper music today is rainbows. Uh, We had rainbows around the Upper High Valley yesterday. Uh, Some people were not really feeling the rainbow because of all that traffic standstill that we had. I'm still venting about that from 24 hours ago. Eight hours of standstill traffic on I-70 and 470. Now, it doesn't mean that each individual car was there for eight hours, but it means that the line of traffic going up two-mile hill eastbound, 470 470 and 70, eight hours. Eight hours at a standstill. But I'm not going to worry about that right now. We've got other things uh, to be concerned about. We just talked with Tom Scattery our national correspondent, about the latest indictment against Donald Trump. He's been indicted now in Georgia over the 2020 election uh, interference. And that's a state case, which is a pretty big deal. The question that some people have is Donald Trump being treated unfairly. And uh, coming up next hour, Russell Gold, who is um, a legal professor out of Alabama, co-authored a piece I read recently where he says there's no question Donald Trump is being treated unfairly. He's being treated better than you or I would be if we were a defendant in similar circumstances. We'll talk to him next hour. But right now, we're going to talk about health care here in West Virginia. Ellen Allen was recently named the new executive director of West Virginians for Affordable Health Care. I think today's her first day on the job, as a matter of fact, and she took a little bit of time out of her first day to join us here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Ellen, good morning, and uh, I guess congratulations on the new gig, huh?
1: Hey, yes, Howard. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. And yes, love those rainbows and uh, very excited about my first day here and uh, excited to be starting that off with you.
2: So after you get done talking to me, you got to you know go get a cup of coffee, sit down at your desk and do what? What's on the agenda for the, the, the affordable health care in West Virginia that you're going to tackle right away?
1: Well, what we're really focusing on is our core mission, as always, is bringing more health care to more West Virginians, making it affordable, making it accessible, and uh, we'll be meeting as a staff today, we'll be talking about the West Virginia Bridge Insurance Plan, and that's something we hope to work with legislators on this coming legislative session uh, to make a reality.
2: What is the Bridge Insurance Plan? What's the, what's that, what does that deal with?
1: The Bridge Insurance Plan will provide affordable health insurance to people who Make too much money to qualify for Medicaid, but still can't quite afford their own insurance, or perhaps they don't have employer-based insurance, or they have insurance that the deductible is so high they can't afford to use it.
2: It's kind of a, it, it, those people fall into a gap, or something, you know you you can't get the Medicaid, and then you you're not either financially able, or your employer doesn't provide uh, paid health insurance, so you're kind of you're kind of stuck. You're right there in the middle.
1: Yeah, and it's it's a real catch-22, and, you know, we, we believe we can make uh, some real inroads. We, we believe our legislators want to help us do this. Uh, we, we think everyone should have access to affordable health care, and it, it just makes sense. I mean, we have the lowest labor participation rate in the country, I believe, and some of that goes to um, the levels of our health and health disparities. And with access to to health care, people can focus on prevention. They can go to their doctors. Uh, They can have better health health outcomes, which means they can participate in the labor force. And that's good for all of West Virginia. It's good for our economy. It's good for our families. It's good for our neighbors.
2: And we are, let's be brutally honest about it, among the most unhealthy states in the country.
1: It is, and it's really, really unfortunate. And um, I think we can really makes an inroads to that as we cover more and more West Virginians with really good, good accessible health care.
2: Uh, how would this proposed bridge insurance plan work?
1: Uh, it would work like a, a lot of health insurance plans. Uh, people would get a card. They'd be able to go to their primary care doctor. For some, this might be the first time they would actually have a medical home, a primary care doctor where they could go to for preventive care. Um, but also, on, on the back end of that, in, in terms of legislation, we also would be able to tap into federal funding to, to fund such a program. So that's, that's what makes it so appealing, too.
2: We've talked here with a couple of different folks in the past few months about concerns about uh, Medicaid issues, Medicaid, people in the state losing their Medicaid as a result of the way the federal debt uh what they call it, that debt reduction bill was structured that's a real problem in the state right
1: it is a problem and you know, we're trying to work with people to address the on un- what they're the unwinding of it and you know tens of thousands have been knocked off some for procedural errors and you know, we're encouraging people to open their mail if they get a notice from from the state to open that up and respond to it it may be just a matter of providing the right documentation. Uh, in some cases, uh, people no longer qualify because they will surpass that income limit. And again, that's where the bridge plan could could come in uh, to be a very effective force in bringing more people under health care.
2: You know, it, uh, once upon a time, I thought there was going to be um, a, a simple solution to affordable health care. Uh, the beginning of Obamacare, I thought, was maybe the beginning of that of that change in our approach to healthcare in this country, I I think we're going to have to look for more creative solutions instead. These are a couple of creative solutions you're talking about. We're going to have to look for, you know, kind of different ways to patch together public-private partnerships and and find the folks who are falling through the cracks, like you're talking about the bridge insurance program and how do we help them. It's just not going to be as easy as, I wish it was. I have my own personal thoughts on that. But uh, it's not going to be as easy as uh, we once had thought it
1: could be, I think. True, but, you know, I remember before 2013, before the Affordable Care Health Care Act passed, uh, before um, West Virginians for Affordable Health Care helped create these exchanges. I mean, that that's been remarkable pro- uh, progress in the last 10 years. More West Virginians are covered than ever before. And. We, we think we can get this bridge plan. We think we can get more people on board with that. I mean, it's the right thing to do. It's the right thing to do for our economy as well. So, I'm, you know, I'm really encouraged by, by everything. It just takes longer than we'd all like. But I, I think we have a lot of good things in place and we are making progress.
2: So you're ready to tackle the, 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 the new efforts here or, or, or bring new energy to the ongoing efforts here. Uh, Ellen, tell us a bit about where did you come from, your background. You were with a social service group before, right?
1: I spent most of my uh, nonprofit career at Covenant House where we saw the intersection of health care and homelessness and employment, unemployment. We saw that every day and the role that played in the quality of people's lives. And that's what made this position so appealing to me. I'm a lifelong West Virginian. I've been privileged to have health care pretty much every day of my life. But I've also seen the vulnerability of people with families who can't afford health care or you know, don't have employer-based health care. So that's what made this so attractive to me. And I seen some key people working very hard to make this possible. And, again, I, I look back at what has happened in the last 10 years. That's really remarkable progress. Prior to the Affordable Care Act, um, you know, there weren't many options for people unless you had really solid employee or based insurance. So I, I'm encouraged. It's just a it just has to be an intentional and continual effort and I think we have the people in place here to do that.
2: You know, sometimes I stop and, and think and and realize how lucky I am. I, I have very good insurance. Comes from my wife. I have no insurance, my my wife's <laughs> insurance covers me. Uh but you know I have a lot of medical issues. I'm a diabetic. I take insulin I have heart problems. I have kidney problems and every time I look, for example, at the, I get a prescription filled, and they tell me $5, and it doesn't strike me, okay, here's my $5. Then I go home, and I look at what it actually cost, and I realize what I would have had to pay if I didn't have insurance, or more specifically, I realize how many people who don't have insurance just wouldn't have access to this medication that I get. And I think sometimes those of us who are in a good position have to stop and remember what it's like to not have that health insurance.
1: Yeah, I think many people don't realize it. So you probably – I mean, many people benefit from what was a big legislative win last year, and that's the $35 insulin cap. Uh, that's, that's a huge win. And that ties into to the fact that um, so many Americans, but um, many – 30% of West Virginians have medical debt collections against them. Just think about that. They've had to finance their medical care – and then it becomes so encumbered and interest rates and so large that their wages sometimes are garnished, their credit scores impacted, and in some cases even bank accounts are seized.
2: I, I believe, so, I, I could be wrong, uh, at one time medical debt was the number one cause for bankruptcy, per- personal bankruptcy.
1: Yes, yes, that's true. I think that's still true. I mean, 16 million adults in the United States over a Owe over one thousand dollars in medical debt and three million adults owe, have medical debt over ten thousand dollars now that's stunning in the United States of America we should not have to have a goFundMe to finance our health care
2: you know that's that's a really good point because we and literally we see these GoFundMe's cropping up all the time for people who say you know I, my my brother has just discovered he's got a serious illness, got cancer, whatever. Uh, and, and suddenly we're, we're having to, uh, to raise money because insurance doesn't take care of it or we don't have insurance. Once upon a time, I'm just old enough to remember, once upon a time when, at least here in the Valley, most people had Reasonably good health insurance came through their employers, came through the mines and the mills, and so on. The world has changed. The world's changed dramatically. And I think it's the flip is probably true now. Most people don't have good insurance unless they can work through something like the Affordable Care Act or uh, maybe the new bridge program will, work, will be helpful and so on. Uh, the world is different now than it used to be.
1: Well, I, I hope people that if they don't have insurance, that they take the time to check out the Affordable Care Act. I mean, the Increased subsidies have really uh, made the Affordable Care Act truly affordable with uh, exceptionally good coverage. So I encourage anyone who's listening that is concerned about whether or not they can afford health care but need it, they should look at the Affordable Care Act. Uh, you know, go online, check those uh, premiums out. I mean, it, even earning a, a very high income, you can still get considerable subsidies that, that make it uh, affordable. And there's several different plans you can look from and get really excellent coverage.
2: You know, uh, before I let you go, health issues are in some ways at the core of some of the other issues in our state. We have, as you mentioned earlier, very low labor participation. We have a lot of unemployment. We have a lot of people who can't get jobs. And much of that comes from, not all of it, much of it comes from the fact that we are just in such poor health. If we could find ways to improve our health, it would help individuals both financially if, if they didn't have to pay out so much to do it, and physically, and, and that would make things better. If kids were, if kids had better health care, they'd probably do better in school. Uh, we have right. we have great concern about the education of our students, and why why aren't they doing as well as they could? And that's part of the problem. Uh, so health care is one of those central issues that really goes beyond just you know, fixing a broken nose. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, yeah, a, it's I, much broader.
1: I agree. I don't think often enough we make the connection between uh, our health and the economy of our state. And I think these are two real critical factors that uh, access to health care could have a significant impact.
2: I agree. Ellen, good talking to you this morning. Welcome to uh, your new gig. Uh, good Thank luck you. with that. We're always here to help. If you need uh, to you know, talk about something, uh, give me a buzz. Or if I need to talk about something, I'll give you a buzz.
1: Please do so. And thanks so much for having me on, Howard.
2: I appreciate it. Good luck. Thanks a lot. Ellen Adams is the new executive director of the West Virginians for Affordable Health Care. Uh, she starts the gig today. I think she's with us before. I, I think we got her and now she's going to get some coffee and figure out what the hell do I do now I got a new job going it's 6 before now it's 5 before the clock just turned 5 before the hour here on the watchdog morning show
6: plug into powerful savings and get 11% off zero wire products at menards zero wire is an american owned leading manufacturer of building wire for residential commercial and industrial applications menards stocks convenient pre-cut lengths of wiring products for indoor and outdoor projects right now get 11% off all zero wire products at menards good through august 20th savings are a mail-in rebate. Some exclusions apply. See store for details.
5: Save big money at
1: the night. Who wants craft beer? Saturday, August 19th, the Mountaineer Brewfest, brought to you by Wheeling Island Hotel Casino Racetrack, is back at Wheeling Heritage Port showcasing craft beers from West Virginia's finest brewers. With great food, live entertainment, and many more craft beer selections in our beer garden, it's a wild and wonderful time, and you don't want to miss out. Proceeds benefit the family service Upper Ohio Valley. Get your tickets now at
2: mountaineerbrewfest.com. The Highlands is the Ohio Valley's top spot for shopping, dining, and entertainment too. Play a round of simulated golf with the Four Seasons course. Grab a movie with family or friends at the Marquee Cinemas featuring 14 screens of the hottest new movies in all digital and 3D. Plus, special promotions like Flashback Cinema. Or visit the Highlands Sports Complex with turf, courts, climbing wall, and an arcade. Shopping, dining, and entertainment. Just off I-70, the top of the hill, the Highlands.
0: You want a hospital rising up to the challenges of today's health care demands. WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital delivers the right care right here at home. Developing new and exclusive services, recruiting top surgeons. We embody the mountaineer spirit building upon strong traditions, pioneering medical care, moving forward with compassion. WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital delivering the right care, right place, right time. Sunshine, swimming pools, green grass, and great conversation. It's summertime, and this is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe.
4: Lollipops and bows, everything that's wonderful is what I feel when we're together, brighter than a lucky penny. When you're near, the rain goes, disappears, dear, and I feel so fine just to know that you are mine.
2: And rainbows. I could use a lollipop right now. Maybe a Tootsie Pop. You like Tootsie Pops? I love Tootsie Pops. Oh, I could use a Tootsie Pop. I could use a Tootsie Pop. Uh-oh. Uh oh. Just you know, right on my screen now popped up. Power outage near my house. So, uh, uh, Nancy, do we have, honey, do we have electricity? Give me a text because the power company just said there is an outage uh, near our house. So, but remember, remember last week I told you I got that same note? And we never did lose power People in the neighborhood did But we didn't So I don't know um, What was I saying? Lollipops Tootsie Rolls I love What's your favorite kind? Any kind?
3: I like cherry
2: I was thinking the same thing
3: <clears throat> I can do grape I like the chocolate even
2: Yeah the chocolate gets too chocolatey Because by the time you get to the middle You know
3: Crunch them up power.
2: Yeah you know. you, but uh, I love the The grape is good I, I love I love the grape as well uh, I wonder if they have those Down at Grandpa Joe's I, have to get, I don't know if they have Tootsie Pops down there or not Have to check that out um, anyway, uh, it's 68 degrees Wheeling, Ohio County Airport. 69 at the Highlands. 68 in Elm Grove, and 69 uh, here at the Robinson Otter Group Studios downtown Wheeling, in the heart of the Ohio Valley. Uh, we were we started off with the uh, a lot of venting of frustrations over the I seventy four seventy traffic backups that occurred yesterday. Uh, again, eight hours of traffic backup as they trimmed trim the trees apparently. Uh, if you were in that frustration line and you want to share it and vent with us, we can take a few phone calls right after the top of the hour, 304-232-8255. That is the FrioStack auction service hotline. You may uh, text me as well if you would like to, 304-214-1600, 304-214-1600. Stack auction service text line. Happy to hear you uh, that way either. All right, coming up, uh, ABC covers the world. They'll talk more about Trump. We will talk a bit more about Donald Trump next hour with Russell Gold, a legal professor from the University of Alabama, who's written an article on how Trump is being unfairly treated in the legal system. That's all coming up here on the Watchdog Morning Show. FM 98.1 AM 1600
0: WKKX Wheeling FM 97.7 AM 1370 WVLY Moundsville
7: from ABC News. I'm Derek Dennis. Under criminal indictment in Georgia, former President Trump and 18 alleged co conspirators charged with conspiracy and racketeering to overturn the 2020 election results.
1: I am giving the defendants the opportunity to voluntarily surrender no later than noon on Friday, the 25th day of August. 2023.
7: Fulton County DA Fonnie Willis, the Trump campaign slamming the indictment as bogus. ABC's chief legal analyst Dan Abrams on what could be Trump's defense. But
6: I think the argument they're going to make is that uh, you can't prosecute this at all. They're going to say this is action taken by
5: the president during his time as president. If that's the claim, they will argue oh, that kind of case should only be prosecuted by a federal court not by a state prosecutor. I think it's one of the first arguments they're going to make.
7: No comment from President Biden or the White House, which has largely stayed silent on Trump's legal troubles. Other news, we're continuing to follow the latest on the wildfires in Hawaii. A rising number of dead and still no complete containment of the flames.
0: Today, families are being notified that their loved ones were killed in the fires. Those who have been identified, 20 cadaver dogs are now here helping. They've searched about a quarter of the buildings in Lahaina, Those who survived are now being put into longer-term housing like rentals and hotels. They will get 36 weeks of direct housing. Shelters are now emptying out as they go to longer-term housing.
7: ABC's Alex Stone on Maui. 99 dead now with search and rescue crews going building to building, expecting to find more victims. There's been a deadly explosion in Russia. It started as a gas station auto repair shop blast in the southern Republic of Dagestan. 30 people killed, three of them children. And another explosion in the Dominican Republic. The blast happening at a bakery, spreading to other businesses. Three people killed more than 30 others. Is injured. You're listening to ABC News.
1: It's easy to think all money managers are pretty much the same, but at Fisher Investments, we're clearly different.
2: Different? How? You sell high commission investment products, right?
1: No, Fisher Investments doesn't sell any commission based.